Outkick 360 is back. Tennessee Power Hour is here. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. Time to talk some Tennessee Titans minicamp headlines, storylines, and specific players. Julio Jones and Bud Dupree. Paul observed both yesterday. One on the field, one not. But he was able to actually speak with Bud Dupree for the first time this offseason since he was signed by the Titans. Second time. He Second talked, time. talked when he was signed, and he talked yesterday. I was I was interested. Uh, you know, uh, he acknowledges. You know, and there's, there's no way around it. You can only be of so much influence when you're not out on the field, right? And he's been around a little bit to find a place to live and everything, but he's done rehab in Arizona and Atlanta. Um, so he said, you know, I can't feel the urgency that these guys feel in part because I've not been out there, and in part because I wasn't a part of, of last year's 19-sack effort. You know, so these guys have a different Thank chip goodness. on their shoulder <laughs> and a different urgency. So, and, Bud, that's why you're here. You're right, yeah. <laughs> Thank God you aren't. Um, you know, the pain and the hard work and the dedication, the time they put into it, that's kind of their chip on their shoulder. It's different from those of us who are just getting here. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's good. You can't kind of pretend to have been uh, through it. Now he's coming in to try to, to help solve it a little bit. But I thought it was very interesting, one thing he said, I gotta find it here, uh, about um, his, his eagerness to influence what else is going on. Um, the big, uh, he was asked kind of about the contract, right? So he got 20, uh, sorry, $82.5 million over five years with $35 million guaranteed. Obviously a monstrous um, investment, a monstrous investment for which you expect big, big returns. He said the bigger part that it's not me producing, it's bringing someone else along to produce as well. So once you're doing it, it's all working. So he's talking about not just me producing, but I got to bring people along with me producing. And that's what you want to hear from a guy that's making that kind of money and that you're looking to as that kind of resource. And I don't think he's saying bring Harold Long, Landry along, you know, the, yeah. the next best guy. He's talking about bringing lesser people along and lifting a group, um, which is exactly what they need. But a lot of guys will say, you know, I can only worry about me, you know, or I could come here and do my thing and hopefully other guys find their thing. But he's saying, I, I'm intending to bring people along. I think, you know, not everybody that gets the big contract talks that way. I, I was encouraged by that. And that he's bringing that, that's the Steelers pass rush mentality. Yes. Right. And they had several guys that were doing it to, together. 
uh, s starting uh, with him, with Cam Hayward, and with, uh, with Watt. Watt. Yeah. Um, I, I love hearing that from a, a, a leader, a, a player that the Titans have invested a lot in. Another one of those guys would be Julio Jones. Paul, you wanted to see him at the front of the line. Is that what you saw? He was not at the front of the line, um, but he also wasn't active in a lot. Uh, so, I, I, and I'm late because I was leave it here. NWI I leave front? here right at one. NWI is hurt. Oh, uh, NWI uh, is not. Out was here. there anyone consistent? I, I wonder just how much that matters. Like, is there anyone consistently that's at the front of the line? Cody Hollister is still at the front of some of what I saw, but again, I came in, uh, you know, halfway into individual uh, individual drills. There was no one on one. So that, that tells us something. I haven't seen one-on-ones throughout this. But I've been struck throughout this whole thing at how big the Titans are. Julio Jones, 6'3", 220. A.J. Brown, 6'1", 226. Josh Reynolds, 6'3", 196. And then if you go down the chain, Fitzpatrick, 6'2", 208. N.W.I., Nick Westbrook, Akina, 6'2", 211. Hollister, 6'4", 216. Racy McMath, one of the draft picks, 6'3", 217. Kalijah Lipscomb, who's looked a lot better, by the way, since that bad tryout date, 6'1", 201. Marcus Johnson, who's caught a lot of passes and looked pretty good, 6'1", 207. Fred Brown, you know, these are fringe roster guys. Fred Brown, 6'1", 195. Chester Rogers, 6 feet, 184. The only small guys, Cam Batson, 5'8", 175. He's got a good roster shot. Mason Kinsey, 5'11", 198. You know, it'd be hard for him to stick with bats. And the Titans clearly like big receivers. And Tannehill said as much, you know, credit to John Robinson and Mike Vrabel for going out and getting more guys who fit what we do. You know, going to be able to block when we ask them to. Big catch radius. Easier for me to throw the ball away from a defender and them to go get it when coverage is tight. Clearly the Titans thinking that way. And a lot of times you give up with a big guy. What do you give up? You give up transition and you give up speed. Well, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown clearly can run, and, and uh, Tannehill said it's guy to guy on transition. Some big guys can just really do it. Uh, A.J. Brown doesn't seem to have problems with it, and Julio Jones has been one of the best receivers in the league for 10 years. Part of their, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, part of their, uh, their structure offensively is built around the play-action game, right? And a big part. Uh, run game, play-action. And with the play action, I think you do want the bigger body receivers because a lot of what you're doing on top of blocking is it, it's a, a lot of in-traffic, uh, contested combat catches. And so you need the big body wideouts to go up and make a rebound, for lack of a, to make the, the basketball analogy. You, you need the guy that's going to go up in traffic and be the more physical player than the guy on defense that's coming over the middle. So... Um, I, and I you think, brought up on this play-action element of it and the type of yeah, receiver I, I, they're looking at a, a, a while back yeah, that, I mean, on we, the reason why they do it. We've knocked them for not having the the speed demon on the outside, right? Yeah. Um, but they they don't have to have that based on the way their offense is, is set up. Remember uh, Carolina uh, previous regime. You're going to have to help maybe fill in some of the names. Devin Funches. They had a bunch of guys who were the same guy. They oh, were yeah. big and lumbering and slow. They had a lot of the same guy. I don't like and that a, kind of and big. Not, they didn't have a run game. This was pre-Christian McCaffrey. Yep. This is before Christian McCaffrey. Yes. McCaffrey, yep. and, and this was Cam Newton. This was Gettleman's Carolina. But it's the, it's the college passing, the quick passing games, quick strike. 
didn't fit them because it wasn't play action. I didn't like that at all, and I don't find this to be like that. But if we look back also, I think it really informs the draft in hindsight. They they state they could have had Elijah Moore or Rondale Moore who would have been. We talked about this ingredient that they lacked. Those well, are six feet tall, though. One of those guys was at least six feet. Elijah Moore, I think, five eleven. Rondale Moore significantly smaller. Dwayne Eskridge under six feet. Tutu Atwell really small. Those guys went oh, to second. Atwell was Amari. He's tiny. a gadget guy. Amari Rogers and Nico College. They, uh, Nico Collins. They could have had in the third. All these guys smaller. They steered clear of all of those guys, and the, the guy they finally went for in the fourth, Fitzpatrick, bigger, 6'2", and, and thicker. So they clearly, it seems to me, don't like those small guys. I, I think part of it's systemic, and I think part of it's Tannehill. I can't remember who it was I was talking to, scouting-wise, who said it's clear to, to him that Tannehill likes big targets, and they're accommodating their quarterback, which they should. I, 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 you're going back to Batson, the smallest guy in the story. Uh, you make it sound like he's on the roster. I think he has an extremely uphill climb. I think. I mean, he, that we're already at four wideouts that they're keeping. They have their top three now, plus they have their fourth round pick, right? Right. How many are you keeping? Five or six. Um, I, I, I think Batson has a better chance than a lot of those other guys in that he is a little different. They like that jet sweep stuff and, and some of that stuff, and he could be a, a returner depending on what I, some I of these Dar- other guys I think Darrington Evans is a better jet sweep option, and that's why you're seeing more of that with him. I mean, doing, ba- doing different things with him. Uh, that that's, that's, that was my take was I, I, I'm they're saying setting up Darrington Evans. If they have a little guy, it'll be – If they have a little guy, it will be Batson over Kinsey. He's quicker than Kinsey for sure. Yes, um, that that's for sure. Uh, but I, I think Batson could be a factor in the return game, which they generally don't put much of a premium on. They need to find a, a returner or two that can reliably do something. They talk special teams all the time, then they don't do anything. Um, well, they have they have guys now, young players that can return. Darrington Evans can return. Caleb Farley can return. I'm trying to think of other guys who have done it in college. Fitzpatrick, maybe. Fitzpatrick, Racy yes. McMath, I think. Uh, well, Racy McMath's a gunner. Yeah, he's playing special on, teams on, on, on the, the. He's on, a gunner. On the other side, I think he he can uh, he can field uh, kicks and punts. So we'll see. Hopefully, there's a legitimate competition there. But I think Batson will be in that competition. Could be a fallback guy in that competition, but will be in that competition. Uh, who is not there? Who is not there? Now, these are all injured people, as far as we know. So yesterday, not on the field, uh, Blake Hobble, who is the second kicker, A.J. Brown, Westbrook Aquina, Farley, Fulton, um, Maurice Smith, the defensive back, Dupree, Jayon Brown and Monty Rice, Ty Sambrilo, and Taylor Lewan. Any, uh, any of these guys, like, uh, we know Dupree and Lawan are coming off of ACLs. AJ Brown is that deemed serious or more just a cleanup from the offseason after making it through the entire I mean, year? I, I think it's a result of a clearly we of know those Farley has two back surgeries. Issues. Yeah. So these other guys we don't know about. Uh, Westbrook Aquina was there. What's Monty Rice's? And deal? then he was not there. So I think Westbrook Aquina suffered something. I would think Monty Rice suffered something dur- during this. Now how serious? You don't know. Uh, you know, maybe I saw something I can't say, uh, not injury-wise, but 
presence-wise. Sambrilo could still be recovery. Um, I can't remember if he was out there at all. He had a season-ending injury, right, that we don't know what it was. Right. So that could, he could still be a, a recovery from last year. Chad, coming up, more in the Tennessee Power Hour. Yeah, and uh, a quick detour when we come back, if, if I may, from the Tennessee Please Power do. Hour, because uh, this is a tweet from Ryan Spader, who is a Major League Baseball analyst. Sent this tweet late last night. He said, I've had enough. I think I'm coming out with everything tomorrow. I'm going to sleep on it. <laughs> he slept on it, and he had a string of tweets today on the extent of cheating in baseball that will blow your mind. Will it? We will discuss when we come back. We're going to be stunned. Some of the specificity of the cheating with certain teams and certain players is pretty incredible. But this could lead into a bigger discussion of one we had before the show about this right here. Sticky substances. <laughs> More straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360, the Tennessee Power Hour, and we're talking cheating in baseball uh, with some Not news favorite. that is out there right now that Chad has alerted us to on Twitter. Yeah, and we're going to show, for our viewers, we'll show these tweets also. This is from Ryan Spader, who is, you go to his bio, he's got 60,000 followers on Twitter. Ace of spades. He is a MLB analyst, author, host, statistician, writer, retired senior fund, hedge, hedge fund account manager, Penn State alum, Marine Corps veteran, and that is Ryan Spader. He makes appearances on MLB Network, apparently. So Ryan Spader. For now. <laughs> yeah. That they will excommunicate him now that he is shining a light on the ugly sport of baseball and uh, how cheating has been a big part of the game forever. Ryan Spader tweeted last night, I've had enough. I think I'm coming out with everything tomorrow. Going to sleep on it. Well, tomorrow came. And this morning. Tomorrow is today. Tomorrow. On tomorrow, the morrow, you will receive your purification. <laughs> and this is what Ryan Spader had to say. Everything that I'm about to say was verified by more than one player. I do not mean to burn anyone, and I love baseball. I've just had enough of this BS. The Royals were the first team with a full analytics and video department close by their dugout, doing so in 2015, their World Series championship year. How they used it, I don't know. I do remember the Royals getting a lot of credit for their front office and uh, Dayton Moore, I think it was, during that season. Next tweet, the Yankees had cameras in left, center, and right, all pointing at the pitcher's glove rather than the catcher to pick up on his grip. This is where it gets interesting. Aaron Judge, 2017-2018, 312, 440, 725. You see him there, are his numbers. That's all at home. On the road, 256, 404, 531. Huge drop-off for Aaron Judge. Next. All rise. The Dodgers had an employee who was caught setting up cameras at Minute Maid Park wearing an MLB polo shirt when he should have been wearing a Dodgers polo during the 2017 World Series. Then he goes on to say, this one hurts to say. My favorite player ever, Chase Utley, was the biggest cheater of all time. That was a quote from multiple players. The biggest cheater of all time. I'll always think of Chase Utley. I'll think about when the Phillies won it all, when he said, world champions, world bleeping champions. Now, Jake, if you could go back to that and just click show more of this thread, it should continue. Yep. We'll go back to it because, oh, there's more. It, it, gets, it gets crazier than that. 
Goes on to say, as insane as this sounds, I've heard this from multiple players. This is the one that really got me. Adrian Beltre had a buddy <laughs> with binoculars in dead center who would wave a beater, or an undershirt, as it's called in slang terms, if he was getting something off speed in 2017. You see his numbers at home way better than his numbers away in 2017. Uh, it goes on to say, says something about the, someone said about the Rockies cheating. Uh, the Astros, quote, sign-stealing method all came from Carlos Beltran, who learned it in New York and Texas. And, and, and the, Astros, the Astros, the, the season that everyone points to with them is also 2017. To be clear, though, it doesn't say uh, it came from Beltran. It says came from Beltran, New, New York, York so he's and Texas. Mess. So Beltran was a mess. Beltran could have been setting it up in New York and Texas as opposed to learning it from New York and Texas. Yeah. So all of this to say, and there's a lot of you know wild allegations, but I don't know really how wild they are. Uh, because this seems like pretty common knowledge. You know, I go back to even the Yankees. We we argued at the time, boy, they're not taking a strong enough stance and throwing at enough guys for the Astros. Oh, when no that one happened. did. And, and now, one player did. And now Joe I Kelly was it, the only one. And I think it's because they were cheating just as well. Yes. yes. That's what they don't want to say. The fans are mad because the fans think their team was pure and the other one cheated, when in fact the Yankees, as evidenced by what he's saying, were cheating also. Much like a lot well, of teams were cheating. fans are mad. Teams are mad that the team that cheated and won did the World it quite Series. a bit won the, won the World Series. But as this is saying, the Royals right. may have been doing the same thing because they were the first World ones Series. to have the analytics department with video set up close yeah. to the dugout. Imagine the size of relief that the, if that's the case, that Kansas City was breathing while the Astros were, were the publicly getting killed. Now, keep in mind, 2017 is when the Astros are getting grilled for all this, right? Those numbers he points out with Aaron Judge, at home and away, 2017. So, the idea that the Astros beat the Yankees because they won all the home games in that series. Sounds like the Yankees had the same thing set up. Yeah, they Camera won all, their, the they won the all their home games that series, right? Yes. So, the Astros just had more home well, games. Well, we saw Aaron Judge's numbers in, in the thread that we're pointing out. Yeah. Same year. Well, that that was interesting, and it had 18 games for Judge and 18 game, 18 home and 18 away. Why only 18? Uh, I'm wondering. Why was the yeah, sample size yeah, that's a good only question. 18? Yeah. Did Judge play that few games that year? I, I don't know. Let's go I, back I, I don't and know look. about the injuries. Glass now, now Tyler Glass now, you know, had a well thought out commentary on this, but I also think it's hard to to see these guys as, as, as victims. Yes, the, the MLB was not enforcing the rule book, but, you know, it's ultimately on you. I know everybody's doing it, but if nobody's following the rules and the league now wants to enforce the rules, I have trouble being sympathetic that your Cy Young campaign is, uh, is, is getting pushed aside. You can still go win the Cy Young being the best pitcher with less of a grip, if, as all the pitchers are going to have less of a grip. I also have a big problem with this thing about, um, you know, the batters are at such risk now of getting beaned. When was the big beanball outbreak that prompted the use of the grip stuff? Did I miss that? I never saw a period in baseball where there was a significant beaning thing that prompted guys to go get the sticky stuff. They got the sticky stuff to throw better pitches 
strike more people out, and have higher spin rates, not because they were terribly worried about the safety of the batters. I don't think I it's think the that's pitcher worried about the safety of the batter. The batter's worried about the safety of the batter. Batters will tell you they don't mind, and I've watched them. I've watched Trevor Bauer host roundtable discussions on this, and it's free to everybody on YouTube. Uh, in the offseason during spring training, he'll have guys in Arizona that gather at his house, and they talk about all the issues of cheating. And he believes steroids save baseball, and they had a huge it, they had a, a, a discussion on that. One of the things was pitchers and the grip. And this was two years ago when he was playing in Cincy. And the hitters around the table told the pitchers around the table, we don't mind if you use some of the extra grip. Some. Because, well, but again, Major League Baseball is looking the other way. Hitters are looking the other way for some of this because they want the pitchers to have some control over the baseball and where it's going. If you're going to throw high and tight and brush me off the plate, I want you accurate in that throw. Well, they also want their pitchers to have the advantage. But how many batters was this? I, I have trouble believing I, uniformly I batters. Again, I'm, I'm referencing hitters who have said it. You're referencing what? The fact that you don't believe that pitchers need the extra control? I, I'm referencing that a few batters saying it to me doesn't represent all batters saying it. I, I think that the more evidence that comes out and the more stories being told, um, everybody's doing something. Yes. So I don't think that this is not an outcry from batters. This is an outcry from Major League Baseball because they don't like where the batting average is. But do you is. think batters are happy to be hitting under 200? I go through the Yankees lineup. There are a ton of guys hitting under 200. you think they're happy? I don't think Part of the happy, reason they're hitting under 200 is because the pitchers are moving dramatic. Do you think pitchers are happy that batters juice and have for years? No. But they've but policed that to a degree. That's part of the – but that's, that's – so – that's part of the the. the also, this the, is what makes those it, batters it, would also tell you that strikeouts don't matter anymore. Yeah, it it drives me crazy because it seems so foolish now that the steroid era was persecuted the way that it was in baseball because I think our eyes are being our eyes are being open to the 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 breadth of cheating. I agree by with both that. pitchers and and you keep saying Paul about sympathy. We don't have sympathy for them. To me, it's not about sympathy. It's about what's fair, and it's not fair because they've allowed it to happen for years. This is how they know how to pitch. So their only point is, how about wait till the end of the season and let us prepare for this where we're not shifting? Because you can adjust. You, you can adjust. He got hurt because he had stuff on his hands so much, but at least he's admitting it. I've, he's not ducking and saying, yeah, I didn't use anything. He's like, no, I used it. The devil's advocate with me would say, let the hitters adjust to a high and tight fastball that's a little head hunting. Yeah, I, I would say the same to you, There's Paul. There's not a lot you of head adjust. You can adjust. You can they adjust. Will. The batters, well, the batters, adjust. The batters have adjusted, and they're hitting 238. They're not adjusting. They're, not they're they hitting 238. They to the for them to do it. Well, the adjustment is that batting averages go to 238. But why do bat? You're saying the batters, I can just as easily say, hey, you're on performance enhancing drugs, a lot of you. Adjust to this. Well, they're all being tested now. Chemistry's probably ahead. Yes. But the league has at least tried to do something with the steroids, and guys are being suspended. So I don't see what's wrong with now policing the pitching element. I think it's weird it. that you're saying they can adjust, but we're not saying when batters strike out at an alarming rate, they can adjust. Dude, are you looking at the pitches? The pitches are moving. 98-mile-an-hour fastballs or splitters or, or sliders 
are moving at a degree that's impossible to hit. And that just happened in the last three months. No, it's been happening over the last five years. I've said Major League and Baseball all of a sudden is the numbers far are di- too are dipping. far too slow. The batting average has been going down steadily. But it, yeah, but it's but it's at an all-time low all of a sudden because the pitchers are are all of a sudden within the last three months using more of this. I think they're using the exact same amount. This is the culmination of, of things, and they're finally getting off their asses and doing something because the product has gotten this bad. Well, I think it's also... So it has nothing to do with cheating. It has that the product sucks. Well, the product sucks as a, uh, in It's in not out of the moral, part the, of this. the moral numbers oh, no, of the game not, and the sanctity opera- of all these, no. these rules that are being they don't broken operate by on, pitchers. They don't operate on sanctity. We know that. Well, all, all, of, to, all of these uh, baseball high and mighty decision makers point to all these rules and regulations and you know unwritten rules of baseball. Well, I do have a problem with the fact that a major American professional sports has a rule book and then has another set of rules which it deci- has a section of the rule book which it decides to enforce and a section of the rule book that it doesn't enforce. And those same, I think that they those should same enforce old the rule baseball book. enforcers point to unwritten rules more than they do written rules. I agree. Nowadays. I, I'm, uh, why are you talking to me like I'm a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. I think they should have a rule book. The rule book should be enforced. I think the unwritten rule stuff, I hate Tony La Russa, who's bigger on that, that, that a guy hitting a home run is punished by his team instead of rewarded. I think a lot of that stuff is ridiculous. But I do think it's the game is heading in a bad direction, and I think it's it's not a bad thing that Major League Baseball wants to see some hitting. I think I think they should either clean up none of it or all of it on both sides. Either let it all continue to go the way it has, batters will adjust, they'll get their meds right, and they'll adjust if they need to. Pitchers will adjust. I mean, it's all it's but this back and forth. But who's the steroid guy time. now? Do you think? I mean, it's clear who the pitchers are. We we see the spin rate. I think who's the I, steroid I, guy that's bombing the ball out of the yard? Everyone right now. is doing something. Now, what is that something? This is where it gets tricky because Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds aren't in the Hall of Fame. And the reason they're on the Hall of Fame is because it's so despicable to do steroids, is what baseball writers will tell you. Well, we can go back to Mickey Mantle and look at all the illegal things he was doing to get ready after a night out drinking. I mean, there's, well, I could go through the history of the game and show you that guys were taking well, speedballs or guys were doing this and that. things beyond amphetamines? Well, again, what's the illegal things beyond well, you said steroids? all the illegal things. I, I can think of one illegal thing. I'm what saying a, I'm, a, I'm going through, okay, that's one illegal thing too is steroids. So speedball's okay, Hall of Fame. Steroids I, I didn't not. say that. You just said all the illegal things, like there's a long list. I want to know if there's one thing well, on the list or a bunch of things I'm, on the list. I'm sure that uh, you know, cocaine has been a part of the game. <laughs> uh, speedball. I don't know all the pharmaceutical well, I, names. I've never heard of making yeah, yeah. Saying, to a cocaine. A cocaine. I've, but so I've heard about them taking speedballs. I'm saying he took amphetamines. Uh, we know that. Again, but, but that's one thing. That's, These were illegal amphetamines at the time, too. It's, it's their illegal drugs you're using to gain an advantage. All I'm to asking go in the is game. you said plural like he's got a long Just list of offenses. Just say greenies and move, move forward. Yeah, uh, Paul, I, I don't greenies have a list plural. of all the different amphetamines, but yes, blanket, amphetamines, multiple ones, okay. multiple illegal drugs is what he was taking. I don't care, personally. And I don't care that they were taking steroids also. My point is clean up all of it or none of it. Because now you are picking and choosing. I hate watching batters swing and miss all the time. I do too. I hate it also. So I'm okay with them cleaning up, but I am pissed off about these pitchers and their spin rates. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But then we're not going to be fine with balancing the scales the other way if we take some away from the batters. Well, they've, ta- they've done some policing of steroids. I'm not saying it's perfect, but they've done some things, correct? They've done nothing on the pitching end. So why are we against? They've done some steroid stuff. 
and that's taboo, why can't they do some pitching stuff and make that taboo? Um, Ryan Spader just responded to us on Twitter and said, excommunicated is generous. I don't know what he's responding to. Oh, about him being excommunicated from MLB Network and everything else that I was joking about. Oh, my gosh. Listing all these things. All right. That's funny. So he's watching. (laughs) Well, I mean, but my point with that is if everybody knows about this, the the pitchers now, because if if they're claiming that everyone's out to get them, let's start rattling off what they've seen in clubhouses from hitters. Yeah. And the illegal substances they're using to hold the bat and get better grip. Let's go. Let's yeah, go that I, far. I, I will say, pine like I don't, legal. I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as some sympathy. pine tar is legal. Like I don't, I don't. You feel can't bad. lather up in pine tar. Well, I don't. Again, I don't feel bad for guys. I don't. There's no sympathy is the wrong word. I don't feel sympathy for Glass now or any of these pitchers, or Trevor Bauer, whoever's going to complain because these are millionaires that are making millions of dollars to play a game right. and they're getting any advantage they can. So I don't feel sympathy for them. But in the in the in the interest of fairness, I do think they make a compelling point that. Why don't we reassess this after the season and then come up with other things that we can get rid of yeah. so there's more time to adjust and get ready? They'll be incredibly reasonable in the offseason when the union comes in with its lawyers and the whole thing. They'll they give up absolutely nothing. And grip on the bat and grip on the ball are two different things. Nobody's getting an unfair advantage well, from gripping the bat well. I think that the, the response I'm not even talking about gripping the bat well. I'm putting pine tar on the barrel of the bat. That definitely is going to help you. That's why you can only put it so far up the barrel of the bat. Well, uh, have, have you Brett. seen it George up Brett. above the 18 inches on the bat? Well, I, I mean, how often were you pointing out uh, substances on the inside of a glove before the last 30 days? Well, and also the pitchers, it's happening. The pitchers can come back and say, Major League Baseball messes with the ball. Absolutely they do. So when numbers go down, you're messing with my baseball that I'm throwing that I am getting paid to not let the ball go out of the park, and you're trying to enhance its... Ability it, to go out of the park. That's the topic it, it on the ridiculous. investigation into it the ball ridiculous. that they were they were messing with. It's ridiculous that they mess with the ball year. To the year. grip, the the how tightly wound it was. It's ridiculous that there's a there are years where the ball flies more and years where the ball flies less, and it seems like Major League Baseball doesn't even really have a handle on what it's going to be like until it's put into play and you see for a couple weeks what it does at the beginning of the I, season. That's another major baseball it, problem and a flaw. It's just annoying that for, for the league and the sport, the game, that touts itself on being high and mighty to the old school rules, uh, to, to the sanctity of the game for the Hall of Fame and the numbers and all the stats, that everyone's dirty. Everyone's doing something to get ahead. And only this is very NCAA-like of Major League Baseball. Only when are they called out for it and someone else does the investigating, do they do anything about it? Well, they've done the investigating on this. Have they, or has a John Boy done the investigating on this for them? Like they did with the Astros. Well, I think the initial reporting that came from the Athletic was that the league was taking it. It was too slow, but that the because league was taking... Because he's zooming in on the glove and watching the no, hands of the ball. But that the league was taking balls and stuff in to gather evidence. I don't know. Maybe it started as a result, and it is NCAA-like, and we've objected to that time and time again, that they let somebody else start the investigation. Again, that the league is actually taking action on something. And they're saying, you're putting this on the ball and we want you to stop putting this on the ball. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's good. Well, going to Chad's point, though, we're going to see more and more, at least I hope we are, of the tweet that he found from, who was it, Chad? It was um, 
You go find him. Again. Yeah, Ryan Spader. Ryan Spader. Ryan Spader. And more and more stuff coming out about what's been going on. Yeah, because we know the reporters have been seeing this stuff for years. We know the players have. Definitely the managers. And if we're seeing all these cameras and different angles, and the biggest point of this is for all the heat that the Houston Astros took and the excommunication of certain players and managers and general managers being fired over this, if it's as rampant as what he's pointing out, heads need to roll immediately. I, I agree. And these teams, how? Look at the environment MLB has created, where these teams could so brazenly do these things. Well, because they don't—they're not, they're not afraid. A guy puts on an MLB shirt. He's in—he's right. in disguise. Was he wearing a fake mustache? Because and again, that goes to my point. Major League Baseball doesn't care until they're called out for it. Yeah, they're not proactive at all. They're the least proactive, and sports are not proactive generally speaking. But to be the least proactive sport is really saying something. And Major League Baseball continues to live in the mid-1900s instead of the, the 2020s. It's ridiculous. And Manfred has to go. Uh, I mean, if GMs are losing their time, yes, Manfred yes. has let this stuff happen, and they need a proactive modern commissioner who, like you're saying, Chad, would lay down some sort of thing, like a, a plan for uh, in some stage tiered plan. We're going to get rid of X, Y, and Z systematically in this form and lay it out in advance. Uh, now I'm okay with that. We're, we're up to this point. We're doing this. Now, here's what's coming next. We're going to do this on this timetable. We're going to do this on this timetable. We're going to do this on this timetable. If we catch you putting out cameras, looking at grips, or tipping pitches, heads are rolling. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be bad. You know, you're going to be... Uh, is it Black Sox scandal caliber stuff? And you're going to be like Shoeless Joe Jackson. And I don't give a damn what the union says or whatever says. And I'm going to be like Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Well, his problem is now they're only playing for a scrap metal trophy anyway. What difference does it make? Well, yeah, let the new guy come in and uh, let him say in his opening speech, I, I uh, believe that trophy means a hell of a lot. Well, and, you know, just start with just this, this simple rule. Hey, we're going to play with one baseball. We're not going to change it. We're going to agree upon a baseball. We're not going to have uh, all these different things to doctor the baseball. If we, we need to re-examine it in five years, we'll re-examine it in five years. Just something years. as simple as that, because the pitchers could easily come back and say, okay, you're taking away our sticky substances. That's going to affect us this year. Mm -hmm. But then you're going to come back and say, hey, uh, the pitchers are doing too good of a job. We're going to doctor the baseball, and there's going to be more home runs and they're this year. Working on Don't a, do that. And they're working on a more tacky baseball. Uh, again, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is like this glacier pace. Like, yeah, you're Major League Baseball, and uh, you own – who makes the baseball? Rawlings or, or Wilson? You, you own, I Rawlings, believe. I, believe. I, I think you own Rawlings or you own the division of Rawlings that makes Rawlings. the baseball. Wrong. You can't have dedicated people giving you options for a tacky baseball by opening day next year, by the start of spring training next year, where you have a committee of 12 pitchers saying, yes, we like this or no, we don't like this, at voting on the six best baseballs you can, you can give them. Why are these things not possible when common sense people can sit down and come to these conclusions? They want everyone else to do the investigating for them, and then they'll well, react. Well, you know, congrats to Ryan Spader. He did a hell of a job investigating by talking to multiple but, people. But so he may be getting contacted by Major League Baseball. But we're not shocked by anything he tweeted. No. How, how many people one are crazy sitting thing on is information that, like this, though? The one crazy thing is Adrian Beltre had a buddy that got a center field ticket all the time and would motion him. Why didn't he go on home. the road? If he's hitting this much better, why didn't he go on the road? Yeah. I would have put the guy on a plane.
<laughs> Maybe because everywhere on the road, there's one player who has a buddy that sits in that seat <laughs> and that has it for their home team. It's like, hey, come on, wave, wave the white flag. I would get the guy in the stadium, and then I would have it's him like go the up to the guy that sits in that seat and be, excuse me, here's five hundred dollars. <laughs> Give me the seat. Here's a ticket behind the plate. Trade with me. Can yeah. you imagine overhearing a conversation? Let's say it's the center fielder that's doing that, and then they go back out in the field the next inning. And they call out their buddy for waving the wrong signal to them. And that was hey, fastball. You waved that was a fastball. And they're like going back and forth. Like I thought, he, I thought I saw the grip right. He's got the binoculars. Then he's just Adrian Beltre standing at third base, going, "Yeah, gosh, struck out on that three-two pitch. Madness." Stay tuned. More coming on Outkick three sixty. It is time for the 360 parlay from Outkick360 and FanDuel.com slash OK360. Sergio on Twitter says he's looking for an honest sugar babe to spoil him, spoil him with money on direct message. Uh, Sergio, sugar babe's right here. FanDuel.com, time to get rich on the 360 parlay, Sergio. Why the honest sugar babe? Like, what, why is... <laughs> I would like to ask Sergio. I may DM him from Outkick 360 and ask him, like, (laughs) of all the qualities that you'd want your sugar babe to have, like honesty is the top of it. I'm looking for an honest sugar babe, not just a sugar babe, but she's really got to have integrity. He doesn't want... (laughs) He doesn't want her sugar babing other guys. I just, integrity is very loyalty. key for Sergio. He really wants loyalty, I need loyalty. honesty, integrity. I need an honest sugar babe. Forthrightness. I need, I need to know that I'm your only sugar daddy. To That's spoil what I need to know. with money. Yes, to spoil with an honest sugar babe to spoil with money. And he's got a very DC, few people looking for that. I'm sure you'll have no problem. He's got a DC area code also, which is uh, quite interesting. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> politician. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, something went wrong with my account. Oh, now I can't God. see it. Oh God. Um, I, I didn't want to do this, this today. To I'm, I'm going to be honest. With our recent losing streak, this was like pulling teeth to do anything today. Um, I am going to go with the Padres. You guys may have it up. My. I've got it here. Okay. You've got the Padres minus a run and a half against the Colorado Rockies. Yep. You also went with the 76ers minus six and a half. Which is now minus seven. Uh, against the Hawks. So we, we have to hope that the Hawks don't pull this off again. Hutton, it's almost like I'm taking the tact of if we lose enough with the team, like it's like the bounce They back, have to win. Right? You're going to come back, and now they're going to even it out by winning for us tonight. We're going to know. Because it well, was the Sixers that ended it the other night for if us. If you're going to follow us on the parlay tonight because we're winning. Uh, you'll be having to get on this immediately because we see the first pitch for the Padres oh, and the Rockies. I can't at get it. Two eleven. I can't get it. I picked that game Central. because I wanted to get an afternoon game because I wanted to know if we had excitement going into tonight, <laughs> or if it was quickly, over. or if it was already over. And um, uh, also with the uh, uh, the Sixers, so it's gone up to seven. Yeah. Right, the Sixers yeah. are minus seven. Um, I really feel like that's just a series that's not – like it's going seven games. So, for that reason, they're winning at home. I feel good about yeah. it. I, I also such almost mixed took, feeling. Did Will Embiid hit a shot? I almost went total wuss move, like kind of like last night but even worse, and just took money line on both those teams. And on a $5 bet, it was a $5.38 payout. That would have been our lowest On a two-game parlay. And I'm ever. just like – parlays are hard to win, that's obviously. That's to. That's why obvious, they're parlays. Obviously, obviously hard very, to win. Very, very hard. But if you're doing a parlay, I'm thinking, why wouldn't I just bet on one game and get a $5.38 payout? So it, my principles would not allow me to bet on that. We're so I went principled. money, I went spread, and I went 
uh, run spread. Listen, we may the... not be winning a lot, but we remain very, very principled in our batting. I like to think of myself like Sergio Sugar Babe. Very honest. <laughs> A lot of integrity. Uh, Sergio yeah. would be the only sugar daddy. You're turning him on right now. That's out there, yes. Look, I can't get it to let me bet. I think it's stopping me. Paul's uh, location is not being... <laughs> no, my location. took my location now. It still won't let me bet. It knows exactly where I am. That's why it won't let me bet. Do you think bet. it's going to give us an alert? Like, should, do you really want to do this? <laughs> After we do it? Like, you, you guys warning, have bet, warning, you guys have bet 14 straight losing parlays. Do you really want to bet another parlay? parlay? What if they give you a suggestion? Like, here, go to this Russian table tennis match. <laughs> Would you like to bet it's the It's in opposite. progress right now. Would you you like can play a lot. like to bet darts? Yeah. Maybe, should I suggest the penny bets? Like the penny slots. Maybe you should try that You for can a lose while. a lot of money on penny slots very fast. Very fast. Well, we're definitely going to win tonight and this afternoon because Paul's unable to place his bet. Yeah. That, that's just how it goes. Uh, where one of us we'll couldn't jump again. in and two of the three will end up winning Let's the parlay. I mean, let, Let's is go. It, is it too much to ask for the two teams that we bet on just to do their damn job? <laughs> I, the Padres. Yes. The Rockies are terrible. And uh, it's Snell going for, yeah. uh, for the Padres who's I mean, he hasn't lost against the Rockies. I don't have the stats. I don't know. You're talking about pitchers who can't grip the baseball. But it's anymore, been a while. So. It's true. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's on the mound. Yeah. Somebody's got to win. Serve them up. I would gladly. Somebody's got to win. Fly this out to Denver. <laughs> I think they gave in Denver. This right here, this spider tag for Mr. Snell. If it ensured uh, the first leg of our parlay, that's how to much win. we need to win. That's seventeen dollars and twelve cents. Oh, <laughs> Look, I'm not. A, a, I'm, I'm not flight. above cheating the system. You should I mean, whatever it takes to get advantage. Cheaper flight. He's what, changing the line as we speak. What's the gambling <laughs> version of steroids? I, w- I would do them right now. Give me the syringe and I would take Jack, it. We're doing Jacob it. will know. The yeah. gambling that's, version that's of... stacking the odds. Yes. That's gambling cool. version of steroids, though. A substance, you'll know. Oh, the substance. <laughs> stacking the odds or peyote. <laughs> that's what Jacob's going to suggest next. Let's get Kirby on the line and list all the names yes. of a certain drug. Slang terms. Uh, Chad, you... Uh, you came in today mentioning how the, the topic across the state of Tennessee is who are you rooting for, Tennessee or Vandy, in the College World Series? This is real coin flip. We're riveting. We, we talk often about just lazy sports talk radio, sports television <laughs> topics, and I don't think it gets much lazier than asking a local audience. Well, what We're about in the Tennessee Arbor Day, your favorite right tree now. on Arbor Day? Yeah, well, that's, a, that's another thing. Please, let me, let me finish. Um, I don't think it gets much lazier than coming in and asking your audience, who are you pulling for? <laughs> Tennessee or Vandy? <laughs> How about it, this? How it, are you going to consume so, Tennessee It's also, you're not getting any, if you're, first off, we're the ones who are paid to provide content and come up with ideas for a show. So if you're asking people for what should I talk about, is another problem I have with it. But when you're asking that question, it's a dead end. There's nowhere to go. You're rooting for one of the two teams, and it's not particularly interesting as to which team you're rooting for. Here's what's going to happen. If you're a Tennessee fan, you're rooting for Tennessee. If you're not a Tennessee fan, you're probably rooting for Vandy because there's more hatred for Tennessee as opposed to Vandy. And if you're a Vandy fan, you're certainly rooting for Vandy. That's the end of what the discussion. What a segment that was, Chad. That I was just, brilliant. I don't, it's just the strangest thing to me that happens when people, who are you, who are you pulling for? Great. Also, tomorrow, fans program the show. Tonight, we should mention there's a report out as we wrap up Uh today that Kawhi Leonard may have suffered an ACL injury. Right now, you can get the Jazz minus seven 
for a tip-off at 9 o'clock tonight against the Clippers. The Jazz hosting the Clippers, uh, where Leonard dealing with an ACL injury and will not be in the lineup for Game 5 tonight. Should I go there? I'm doing it. That's the right knee sprain. It's going to keep him out indefinitely, and they fear that it's an ACL. Uh, so, more on that for sure as the night develops, but he's not playing tonight in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. Again, that line is seven. It's the same spread as 76ers Hawks right now. Load up at FanDuel.com. I'm trying to load up on my lo- location is not verified. See? There's I'm having an issue on. with that. I'm going to do it now. We'll get it. We'll I'm, do it live. Hope you'll join us uh, for all the social media platforms, including the debrief. Uh, Instagram is where we head right after this show. Uh, you can also join us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube to the Outkick 360 channel. And you can hit subscribe. You can also ring that bell. You're alerted every time we ring go it. live, which is weekdays, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, right here across the Outkick Network. Enjoy the games tonight. We are back at back at it. We'll recap it tomorrow. More Titans headlines as well for Outkick 360. Do not lock the box. Do lock those locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.